Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. It's all good, but it's all good. It's going to be yeah, there forever. What so I saw you, was good. It's going to be there forever. So yes, you got a lot of time. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, going into Talbot, I kind of wanted to split things up a little bit, right? Like basically kind of yeah. beginning of December. And before that, the guy was, you know, fucking God. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then after that, he just kind of well, literally shit the bed. So to the point where I can't, I draft him, can't even fucking dress him. Anyway. Can't even play him. <laughs> guy it's gonna be like the bane of my season um let me just write this last especially if it costs you a game like dude one way i'm gonna be honest honest with you it's gonna be pretty hard if i don't put him in so it is and and right now that's like fuck man if i was to make a trade with somebody and i needed to drop somebody i'm probably dropping him yeah that's exactly uh and no one would want him like you're the only one (laughs) He's only the only reason he's on your team and you want him is by default at this point to just just to hope that you didn't waste a pick on him. Not well, just any pick, too, is your like I I, I I feel like for the foreseeable future, you know, <coughs> for at least a couple of years and really, you know, as long as we do the podcast and we continue to have new listeners come on, I'm always gonna feel like I have to explain myself. I'm like I it's like <laughs> uh, like guys, listen. Well, it was all it was all it, up, it was so all about have to. <laughs> it was all about games played against certain teams in my league like i'm always forever uh-huh. gonna have to i know and it sounds wishy-washy <laughs> I, I i hear it i hear myself like it, it, anyway you know what games cam talbot played. you're 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 just a son of a bitch so at this point just put him as your beast every week dude. <laughs> just until he gets the message <laughs> oh fuck dude i think he's got it loud and clear because oh uh, anyway fuck. oh first round pick yeah is he like has he played oh he's, he's yeah like, he, since you drafted him has he played he has played yes i okay. think i think okay. he may have i want to say he's played oh, he two... got pulled sorry he got pulled recently he started two of the three games okay oh fuck. and i believe he's gotten pulled anyway you know what? Wow. You're really bringing me down here. So no, I, you're the one who wrote it up, but not me. Like I like this is your article. For oh basics. God, yes. <laughs> okay, it no, is going to be up there good. forever. Moving on. Right, anyway, you, well, I got nothing to say, man. Like I'm in dead last. Like it's like I I literally have nothing to say. Oh uh, yeah. And I started with the high ambitions, and I did. I like I really thought I was going to compete this year. <laughs> Well, the only thing about shit in the bed. The only thing that I'm going my, to continue. My sheets are brown. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Yeah, that's a bit too, too like after dark on that one. I think. Um, it's too much. Yeah. Uh, no, the only thing I'm going to uh, hold steadfast is that you keep to this rebuild. I want you to do it. Yeah. I know how I you want to contend quickly. I just do not want that to come at the cost of an improper rebuild, and I think that would end up setting yeah. you back. Because I think you're exactly, in a spot. Yeah. I think you're in a spot that you've never been in. Like I no, don't. One hundred percent. I true. do not ever remember the Brigands in the what 27, 28 years we've been doing this. I do not remember you ever having to ever going through a full rebuild. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't say scorched no. earth. You got some pieces. Like so, it's not mm-hmm. scorched earth, but it, it, it's a true rebuild. And I don't it's think you've pretty ever pretty close. 
I know, but uh, I know. it's pretty close. But it, it it's okay because I didn't have much to begin with. Like I, I was kidding myself with the team I had going into the season, so it's fine. But like I'll say this: leading up to the season, some of the moves I made were an attempt at a at a rebuild while staying competitive, and that's where I came out of the draft thinking, okay, I'm still competitive. This is still good. And then the rest of you reminded me fairly quickly. No, I'm not. Well, <laughs> you know, that's good. That's be, good. Put be, me in my place. Before we go any further, I just want to say we are in it, folks. Like we're, we are we're in, in it the now. show. Yes. Hello. And the reason Welcome. and the reason I'm saying that right now is because our check my fanny segment is going to be so bloody short that you know what we're going to yeah. give you a little bit of, a, little, a little bit of check my fanny here at the beginning of the show with some of the the yeah. talk of our teams and what's going on and and, and of course the cold Tam Talbot fiasco. The lay of uh, land. Cam Talbot bit. fiasco. Oh man. God, things are so bad I can't even pronounce the guy's name right anymore. Anybody, any manager out there with the Talbot experience can sympathize with Mike right now because it is bad. And Mike's in serious contention here for first overall. So the fact that he's got Talbot on his team just really hurts because it feels like an anchor. Well, you know, and and, and the thing that kind of like, you know, really rubs it in a little little bit and and through no fault of Scott's, he was the next pick. But the next, next selection was Joey Decord. Yes. Now, yes. I, I leaned towards the LA thing with the five games. My bad. Yeah. My bad. I apologize, uh, everyone. You know, in theory, um, it makes sense. You know, I, I, I made a little boo boo on that one. So that's okay. That, that's what fantasy. Don't you're alone. That, <laughs> that's what fantasy hockey is all about. We're going to try and mitigate this problem if we can. And I think we started with a little Markstrom action. Right at the hey, you right got the, an right SO the there the other night, so nice. And we and we yeah. talked about that a little bit. How, you know, after even making the pick, that I was a little bit, hmm, a little wishy washy with it, and just wanted a little insurance. And the brigands came calling, and you're I, very welcome. I answered the phone, <laughs> and, and from there, Markstrom is now a dragon. So there you go. Uh, right. I think that's probably uh, three quarters of our check my fanny segment right there. So. Right there, uh, yeah. You know, keep in mind, we'll have another little splash here. Yes. We'll get into that. But, of course, we're going to uh, start things off with Around the Boards. Um, Round. Obviously, this Round show, boards. we cannot forget to mention that it is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. Thank you, boys. And, of course, our sponsor, DraftKings. Thank you kindly. Cool Appreciate it, everybody. Out. Absolutely. Marty, Around the Boards. And um, we're going to get into a team that, you know, we talk about the mushy middle every once in a while, right? Well, these guys uh, are in it. They're in it. Very much so. Um, yeah. We're talking about the Nashville Predators. And as usual, guys, I'll go over the numbers for you here. So let's get to it. Record of 49 games played, 26 wins, 22 losses, one in overtime. 53 points on the season. It's a four, uh, sorry, 541 points percentage. They have 146 goals for and 152 against. That's a minus six goal differential. Fourth in the Central, 15th overall. They're ranked 19th offensively at 2.98 goals for per game. 17th defensively at 3.10 goals against per games. Power plays ranked 20th. Meh. 19.4. Penley kills ranked 27th. Meh. 76%. So when we're talking, yeah, when we're talking about the mushy middle, those numbers kind of do spell it out for you a little bit there. Um, yeah. look, I'll say, I'll say it nicely. The Preds find themselves in a very intriguing position. Uh, they, yeah, that's very nice. They do currently hold down the second wildcard spot in the West. 
However, all indications, and I mean, Trotz is kind of, you know, he hasn't basically come out and said, yeah, we're going to trade everybody at the trade deadline. But he's even mentioned in, uh, you know, interviews that he's had with some of the reporters out there in Nashville that, you know, he's mentioned some players' names that would, you know, potentially be on the move. Uh, Novak was one of them. Um, yeah. I know that Tomasino, I think, might have been mentioned slightly, but he's still he's still a fairly young guy. So suffice it to say, the, the vibe around Nashville is that, you know, they'd kind of be sellers at the deadline. Nobody's really from that organization, like, again, like I say, has come out and said that. Um, but you certainly get that kind of feeling, especially with, with where they're at right now. I mean, I don't foresee somebody like a Ryan O'Reilly, obviously signs a four-year deal at the beginning of the year. Uh, Forsberg, uh, Nyquist has got a con- uh, is uh, signed next year as well. So I don't, like, I'm not talking about those guys, right? But, uh, right. you know, I wrote it in my piece, uh, that's up now over at the uh, the goalie post about ab- about yeah give it a check about UC Saros and yeah you know there have been some rumblings and I'm just gonna come out and say it flat out I, I think it's the time I-, I I do and the reason I say that guys is for one basically one reason one reason alone you're getting him for two playoff runs and on top of that yeah. you're getting a goaltender. Okay, and we all know the numbers that are out there, right, these days. I mean, I think Hellebuck's, what, 8.5? I mean, you got 9 for Vasilevsky, I believe, 10 for Borovsky. Saros comes in at 5 million bucks, and you get him for this playoff and the next. Because obviously you figure it's a contending team, right, or somebody who really thinks that this is going to kind of put them over. So, Absolutely. So yeah. for me... And and again, it, it is a business. Do, would I love to keep UC Saros? Ah, yeah, man. I'd love to keep him his whole career. Yeah. But guess what? There's also a young kid by the name of Yaroslav Askarov playing down there in True. Milwaukee. Um, <clears throat> playing extremely well, by the way. I think he's got like 16 wins on the season. So for me, plain as day. For me, it's time. I, I think you get the biggest haul right now right now and i think that this kick starts a rebuild whether how, however gm barry trotz wants to go about it if he if he right. wants to go more the draft and picks high picks okay um i'm sure uh you know we're talking about talbot at, at off the top here la kings do you mean to tell me they wouldn't be interested now yeah. i'd have to take a little bit of a closer look to see what we're looking at in, in the way of financials can they fit him in i'm sure they could there's always S- a way. Send Dubois the other way. There you go. There. Problem, <laughs> pro- problem solved on Absolutely. two fronts. But I mean, like something like that, right? I mean, and, and yeah. the reason I mentioned LA is, you know, m- maybe a buy field goes the other way. Do you know what I mean? Like a, a really yeah. great up and comer kind of deal. So again, it depends on how Trotz wants to look at it. But listen, yeah. I'm just going around in circles here basically to say now's the time to do that. Um, you know, you're in, you, yeah. you, you started to inj- inject some youth in Evangelista and Tomasino, um, Tomsino, you know, yeah. some bigger roles for Novak and, and Sissons. Again, I'm not saying yeah. that these are, um, uh, huge movers and shakers. I'm just, this is where they're at right now. They're, they're, giving, no. they're, they're giving them a little bit of an opportunity. I mean, yeah. we've, we've all seen that Trotz is trying to change that culture out there. And as far as I'm concerned, it's working quite well. Like he got rid of the, de- yep. it, what he saw as a dead weight, brought in a guy like O'Reilly, good character guy. Um, 
listen, I mean, I, I think now's the time to make a bold move. And, and here's, yeah. go ahead. Here's where, here's what's weird for me. Because I, I, listen, everything you said, I actually totally agree. I do. I really think that it is now is the time to, if you're going to do this the right way, it, you know, rebuild it and do it the right way, sell off a few pieces. And Saros is one of those biggest pieces. I know, I know the fan base has a romantic idea that, you know, Saros came up behind, um, oh, I just had his name. Pecorine. The goal, Pecorine, thank you. I know it's romantic to feel like, you know, we had Saros when we had Rene. We brought him up. We waited. We waited until Rene, Rene was willing and ready to actually retire. And then he took the mantle. Yeah. Perfect. Now, we never have to worry about goalies. He'll be, in a, he'll be a national predator for his career, too. And I love it. Yeah, in a perfect world, for sure. I think one of the problems with what happened in the offseason, so there's two things that kind of not solidified it, but definitely put it as part of the conversation. One, going out and getting Ryan O'Reilly at this time doesn't make any sense to me. You're, you're going to go out and get Ryan O'Reilly if you want to contend um, because that's where his career is at. And, and he kind of, he deserves that. Like he, he, you know, that's why he went to Toronto, thought there was a chance there for a cup, didn't pan out, left right after because, probably because these fuckers are never going to win a cup. And that's rightfully so. <laughs> but went to Nashville because it was, it was exciting. <clears throat> um, you know, young up and coming team. Uh, Trotz is going to start to turn this team around. It's going to be, you know, the idea anyways, at least I, I think. The idea was to try and do this quickly. Now, and it's funny I should mention Barry Trotz because that's the second part of this. To me, that is the problem. Trotz isn't married to this idea of keeping Saros. Now, he may not make a whole lot of fans trading him, but I think he's more than happy to. And I do think those two pieces in particular, maybe that's what Trotz was thinking. I've got myself two very, very, like, what did O'Reilly get on the trade market last year when he went over to Toronto? They, and what can Saros get me? I, did a first go? I think that I think they spent the first on O'Reilly. Did they not? There you go. I'm not a hundred percent on that. While though. you look at that, let me finish my. You look that up. Let me finish that sentence. So Ryan O'Reilly can potentially, potentially bring you. If it's not a first, it's a it's a sizable piece to your rebuild because that's that is Trotz's idea here. So he went out and he got himself a rental piece to get a bigger piece, which fits into the rebuild category. And I do feel that right now what you're seeing is just him waiting for that. Either it be the perfect opportunity in in um, in the return or time-wise for Saros to potentially regain a little bit of a step. Not that he necessarily lost too much of a step that he can't be traded to a, a contending team and they you know, all of a sudden turn into the team to beat. Saros has that kind of pedigree, absolutely. Um, but let's be honest here. He came out of the gate last, like this year, a little flat. Last year wasn't his greatest. His current numbers aren't exactly flashy either, 904, 291. So maybe he's just biding his time. Do you have something? Uh, yeah, by the way, just uh, for um, the O'Reilly trade here, we're looking at uh, the Leafs' uh, 2023 first-round pick, the Senators' 2023 third-round pick, and Toronto's 2024 second-round pick. I mean, there's Adam Godet and Mikhail uh, Abramoff that also went over to St. Louis as well, but just kind of bit pieces. Yeah. The, the, the picks were a first, a second. But that is a first, what... a second, and a third for O'Reilly. 
So think about that. That's what Trotz was thinking. He wasn't. He didn't go out and get a Ryan O'Reilly to try and be competitive this year. He went out and got him so that he can actually cash in for a little while on the fact that he's a veteran and he can talk to these kids and get them going until the trade deadline. And sure enough, that's what he'll get. He'll get a very nice return so long as O'Reilly doesn't shit the bed. And he he certainly has not. 42 points in 49 games, 17 goals. The kid's playing very well. The vet's playing very well. So O'Reilly, when he signed in the summer, he signed for four years with Nashville at 4.5. So look, like... Wow. Now... Listen, you'd have to actually ask the player. In in my viewpoint, Trotz brings him in there for culture purposes. Because don't forget, it's he, true. Because don't forget, that, he, yeah. he got rid of Duchesne and he got rid of Johansson. Yep. So for okay. whatever reason, listen, I mean, obviously he knows more than I do do about it. I mean, I'm sure he was on the phone almost every second day. Well, he doesn't write for the goalie pose. Well, Jesus. <laughs> Come on now. I, but I mean, he, he, I'm sure he's talking with David Poyle, right? Like every second day, as it's as they're leading up to him getting this GM's position, right? So I mean, he's got right, a right. he's got a beat on it. He always he always probably did have a beat on the team, even when he was coaching elsewhere. But this but this is a tradable contract. There's a, there's no O'Reilly. There's nothing in his contract about yeah. There's nothing oh, no, in no, the no. contract about moving. It's a four point five cap hit like on a guy ter- who like can get you potentially right a point right? a game, like. Like like term terms the issue right now for a team kind of trying to you know maybe get something like him, like I you know th- and another three years. But again, no, there's no uh, no movement clauses in his in no. His contract. So, so so somebody comes calling and they, they can figure Someone's out the money. Want it. And like you said, absolutely. And like you said that that's listen four point five for Ryan O'Reilly and what that's he brings. That's peanuts, more than, dude. That's more than manageable. Like you, you can absolutely. Get, what's that? You're having a tough. What time did Corey thinking- Perry just fucking sign for? <laughs> Was it like it was a million, right? For fucking Corey Perry, screw that guy. This is a, this is a good contract to, to yeah. buy into, especially for a contending team. But but I mean, it, it is just, I mean, we're, we are both saying the same thing. It's a it's a weird spot to be in, right? Like they're literally in a playoff spot right now. But but again, right there, I go back right to there, what I said like, about Saros. You have for me. Listen, I. I, I love the romantic stuff and the whole bit and everything. Like, you know, mm. I'd love to retire in my career. One team. It's not happening, dude. Like, it's just not mm. happening. Like, and it's okay. They, they have a first round pick goaltender playing in Milwaukee and the guy's got swagger up the ass. Like this yeah, guy's got so more swagger than let it go. Like now, listen, I'm not saying that you don't, you know, either resign Lankanen or bring in a vet of sorts or something or whatever. Sure. To kind of, you know, ease the kid in a little bit but come on dude two playoffs and a and a goalie of his caliber at five million bucks come on fuck come man on. edmonton give him a call tell him listen we will give you two first rounders or three first rounders if you take campbell with do it, it. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, so listen we would so listen Pace, i'm gonna take that man barry <laughs> we know you're in a spot like you are you you can yeah. either continue to push here and and make the playoffs and okay sure you get a couple of games of, of playoff revenue yippee like what's that going to do for you the next year and the next year and the next year and the next year it, it yeah to me it's not it, enough to me it has to be run like a business anymore would we love yeah. to keep UC Saros and have him retire as a Nashville predator that's a foregone conclusion if you're the fan base yeah. that that's a dumb question yes. so. Yeah. But when you look at the business side of it, and what is this guy going to be able to get me and my team 
And it is an absolute haul. Because Nashville's going to sit there and say, yo, you're getting two playoffs out of him. And look at the, look at the price. Yeah. And, and, and hell, for all I know, they'd even eat a little bit of that. Just to yeah, get even, just to get even more out of it, depending on what teams sure. acquiring him and how tight they are against the yep. cap. So anyway, yep. listen, Barry, do the right thing, guy. Like, do it. Yeah, trade him. Come on, it's time. It, it, it's because okay, I, I love sir, the fact that's, that's like they're overachieving. At, they are overachieving. Would you not? Well, they okay. Are. I, I don't. I, maybe that's maybe that's a bit much. I don't know if they're overachieving, no. but they are punching a little bit above their weight. We can put it that way. Can we can we be honest for a second? Okay, because I, I did put it in my in my write up a little bit. I actually wasn't going to mention it, but I'm going to mention it now. This is kind of reminiscent of what they did with Hasek in Buffalo, where they rode a goalie more than they did anything else. They had a few pieces here and there, but this was predominantly a team that was based around their goalie. It's kind of what Nashville is right now. They never won a cup with Hasek, and I'm sorry, Saros, you're great, but you're no Hasek. So it's not a formula that wins. And I'm not suggesting that's what Barry Trotz was doing here. I'm just saying this is what the terrain looks like. And it, it's not a winning formula. It doesn't make any sense. And what's worse about that is if you land in the playoffs and get one, maybe two rounds out of it, which I don't see how you're doing, because you're going to have to go through Vancouver, Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, or Vegas like, to get to the second round, ain't happening. You're not beating any of those teams. So you're going in for one round and you're one and done. You might even get swept. I would not be surprised at all. So now where are you at? And what's worse is that you continue to push for this. You're going to land in 10th spot, just barely outside of the fucking playoffs. There goes your pick. Get rid like, of the, you're get not rid of the, landing get, anywhere. Get rid of the guy that's saving your bacon in all reality. Basically. Basically. And then yeah. just, just fall. Like, I mean. And then, yeah. Because Try your hardest, because, but and, let's be real. And, and listen, I mean. Yes, there are a plethora of examples. You know, one that pops right to mind, 15th overall, Eric Carlson, right? Back in the day. So right. I, I, I do understand. I do understand. You know, I think even uh, Perry and Getzlaff, I think, were they not like uh, in the 20s, if I'm not mistaken? Anyway, my point is, is yes, you can. If you have a great draft department and, 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 you know, the right people in place, yes, you can find right. them almost on a yearly basis. Look at Dallas yes. lately. Go through Dallas yeah, stars lately. Yeah. But Marty, you, you're on, you are on point, man. Like you don't listen. Can you, can you make something happen at 15, 16, 17, 18 overall? Yes, you can. Can you make something harder, easier and, and, and more an easier decision, if you will. In the top 10, top eight, you know, right? like, you know, obviously nobody's going to go out there and say, yeah, we're tanking, but no, listen, yeah. I mean, well, let me just say this. You're currently with 53 points. Minnesota is in, and they're sorry. Nashville's in ninth at 53 points, right? Minnesota is 13th and they got 47, six points difference there. You're not that far to have to crash just enough to get yourself a better prospect. But if, all but you got to do is just, but like you got to figure it out. A couple here. of trades, and and and, <laughs> yeah. and you know what, Marty? On top of everything that we've said, you know the, the two playoff runs and the money. Mm. On top of that, when was the last time that you saw a teams teams plural need goaltending? Like, oh my God. like it's not just one me? team or two. Te- like there are, you Almost know, all of them. It's, it's more than half. Like, like you can. You know, there's some contenders out there that that'd be one fucking hell of an upgrade, man. 
So Oh, just among the contending teams? Yeah. I mean, fuck, look at Edmonton. They haven't lost in forever, but that's what the... Sh- not, sorry, he's been playing very well for sure. But tell me you wouldn't feel a little bit more comfortable having Saros and Stewart in Nets. Oh, than fuck yeah. Saros and... Is oh, absolutely. So. Like, I'm, like, I'm... So it just, it seems to me like all the stars are aligning is what I'm getting at when, when it all comes down to it. And I think this is what, you know what? Barry Trotz, just do it. We're done talking about you and your Nashville Predators. Tiffany. My God, we spilled so much on that. (laughs) So normally we're able to kind of mitigate, you know, have a good team, bad team kind of thing. Well, we're just going to stick to the bottom of the standings here when it comes to our next team this week. Stinks down here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know what? We got to talk about them. They're, they're, listen, things aren't going well in regards to standings, but there's a lot to like out there in Anaheim. Um, at least from my there, point of view. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. But it ain't. It, it, it's all it is is just warm feelings right now. It, it, it it's is. not translating anything because it's been some. It's been something nice to stare at for too long. <laughs> well, look. I mean, l- let's get some of the numbers out of the way here, and then we'll get into it. Record of 49 games played. Uh, sorry, record of 49 games played, 17 wins, 30 losses. Who are we talking about? Who Who are we talking about? We're talking about Anaheim. There you go. Well, yeah. I don't think we said it. That's why. No, I. Did I, we say it? Yeah, we did say it, man. We did say it. Oh, we did? Okay. Let's I'll pay attention man. next time. You are just. Hey. <laughs> I'm tired. Stop it. <laughs> okay. All right, go ahead. Back to the beginning. All right. Record of 49 games played, 17 wins, 30 losses, two in overtime, 36 points on the season, a 367 points percentage, 125 goals for, 168 goals against, minus 43 goal differential, one of the worst goal differentials that we've seen so far this year, 7th in the Pacific, 30th overall, 29th offensively at 2.55 goals for per games played. 26 defensively at 3.43 goals against per games played. Power plays ranked 21st at 18.4. Uh, penalty kills ranked 21st as well at 17.1. The numbers aren't great, obviously. But what is, is the collection of young players that these guys have. I mean, you're looking at Terry, McTavish, yeah. Zegris. Well, depending on this Zegris is a trade chip or not, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Leo Carlson, uh, Pavel Mintikov, Owen Zellweger, the Gautier deal to bring in uh, Cutter Gautier. Yeah. Dostal and Nets. I mean, he's, you know, they're, they're thinking he's, of moving on from Gibson here, so he could, you know, become a little better. bit more prominent here in the not too distant future. And on top of, like, on top of that, for me, like we just mentioned, Gibson, possible trade chip. Adam Henrique, same thing. Silverberg, same thing. Uh, Lebushkin, to me, he's in the same boat as well. So you're you're certainly expecting more assets to come in here. Uh, are those younger players? I would probably lean more to the fact that Verbeek's going to want to load up on picks. So I think that's probably where they're going to be leaning, at least in Anaheim anyway. And yeah. the big thing that sticks out for me in Anaheim, they have envious center depth right now when it comes to youth. I mean, you've got McTavish. Yeah. I think Zegris is a centerman, Carlson, and uh, Gauthier. So, yikes. Like, super young. Super young. Yeah. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't think any one of those guys is over 23. And for that matter, it could even so, be 22. Yeah. Because I think yeah. the oldest one is McTavish. 
But regardless, the center depth, these guys are going to like, obviously they're probably going to trade either. Well, they're either going to trade from it or they're just going to move somebody to the wing, which is okay. Yeah, like, if, like if they've yeah. been playing center all their life, it's a, quite an easy, uh, easy, you know, decision for them to go one to the other rather than a wing or going yeah. to a centerman. Right. So, right. But I mean, overall, it's, it's not fun in Anaheim right now. Like it just isn't. I mean, they, they're no. going through it, but man, oh man, I really do like what, what Verbeek has done, at least in, in the, you know, in collecting all of this young talent. I mean, for Christ's right. sake, they were able to, they have, they have enough on the back end. They were able to trade Drysdale, who was a sixth overall pick. Yeah, I want to say that says a lot, eh? like three to four years ago. So we're still quite recently, like th- there's a lot going on down there and you know, I mean, a guy like Mintikoff, and I know Zellweger just uh, debuted the other night as well. So, like, they're kind of churning this in here. Like, these guys are starting to get some NHL games. I mean, Mintikoff in particular, you know, would have been playing a full season here had it not been for the injury. So, I mean, Carlson, I know they were kind of, it seemed like they were messing around with him, you know, in the lineup, out of the lineup, in the lineup, out of the lineup at the start of the year. But from what mm. I see, uh, he, he's been, you know, in the lineup on a consistent basis here, so... You know, lots to like down there. Um, again, they're going through. There it. is. You know, it's it's the building, it's the building that's going on. But you know, there there's a lot to get excited about down there for sure. I mean, and and it'll be interesting to see. And if, that's, for me, it'll be interesting it, to see if Zegers sticks around. That and that you're hundred percent right about that. that. Is a big. Well, it's a very big question mark because, in my opinion, what Zeke, what happens with something the Zegers soured situation, there? You you hit on it, it at is. the start of the year. Yeah, and I I worry about what that will that will translate to other young players too, right? Zegris, essentially him and Terry last year and, and potentially started the year before that, kind of became the assumed, not the assumed, but the the talk was like a little bit face of the face of the NHL coming up. These are some kids that that are going to start doing things a little bit differently. This is what the NHL is going to look like in the in the very near future, not just yet. But some of the stuff they were pulling off with you know, the the fancy goals and all that kind of stuff, and I I just always picture was it Zegers? He had his heads his hands on his helmet yep. when he yep. did that move, like all that kind of stuff. Great excitement, like you know, even your team is even though your team is losing, if you get a couple of moments out of the game like that, you're going to see them because it's exciting, it's yep. worthwhile for sure. <clears throat> and that was you know last year, maybe even the year before that a little bit, as I said. Uh, then fast forward to the off season, and then it starts right like Zegris is you know he's getting upset because they're not talking contract and then manager is like oh we're you know we're feeling things out or whatever and then then and they the went right up against it too eh like they oh, went yeah. right up against the start of the season as a matter of fact I think yeah. there was I'd have to check that out but I'm it was either right right before the start of the season or they had actually played like a game or two I yeah, I can't. One remember. of the two, like it was, it was too close. It was way too close for Zegers to be given a, a fair shot at a decent start to the season. So did that add to the issues of his of his extremely slow start? I think it's four goals, three assists, and twenty games right now. Maybe it did. Maybe it's just the lingering feelings about it because you know it, it doesn't feel great to essentially have your team. Him and Ham and like, well, we don't know if we want you. And like, what? Like, I put up thirty plus and thirty plus goals and sixty plus points last year. And you know, people talking about me and Terry being the face of the the NHL. And you're not sure if you want me. Well, fuck you. I'm gonna go somewhere else. California's got other teams. I'd be happy to go there. By the way, uh, I'm looking yeah. at uh, I'm looking at a Twitter uh, post 
He's back. Okay. We've agreed the terms with forward Trevor Zegers on a three-year contract, and it is October 2nd. So, Ooh. like, right in there. Wow. So, and this, so, okay, so where am I going with this? So, like, I absolutely respect Pat Verbeek. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I know he's got a plan and he's, and he's setting out to do it. And you got to respect that 100%. Give him his opportunity to, to go through what he feels he needs to get this team where he wants it to be so they can be successful. But there's a few things that just, John Gibson being one of the biggest things mm-hmm. to me, I'm not sure what the delay is on this. You're you're not going to move forward with him. This is not your goalie of the future. There was a you know there was a contract signed before you got there, probably in haste, um, and that's understandable. But it doesn't mean you get to sit back and say, well, it wasn't the contract that I signed. It, it had nothing to do with me. I'm stuck with it. I'm the one who has to clean up the mess. Yeah, you do. That's your job. So what are you waiting for right now? You're three years in as a GM. You should maybe not the first year you want to sort of see the lay of the land. Second year comes in, your team actually does a little bit better than the year before. Things start to ch- like people start to chatter, and there's not enough conversation about Gibson that you can move him now. Mm-hmm. Now you're in year three. Okay, if you don't move him now, in my opinion, I think that would be a waste. You might actually be taking, you could be taking assets off the table by not trading him this year. Because <clears throat> Gibson has not necessarily gotten better in the last two or three years. He's actually gotten worse every year. So you wait too long and you'll miss your best opportunity, which, you know, again, you may have already missed that opportunity. So this is this is what I'm getting at too for for the fans, for the the Ducks fans, is strap in. This is this appears that it's going to be a very long rebuild. Before you're back in a contention. The mm. last time Anaheim was anything remotely close of a good team was 17-18. And they were a good team back then. They finished fifth in the, uh, in the Western Conference, a 44-25 and 25 record. Since then, you guys have tanked every year. And that in and of itself is a long time to wait to be back into relevancy. It's, it, it would appear to me you're at least another three years. At a minimum, another three years. Unless some good pieces start to come your way for whatever reason. And things start to click and things start to move because well, I'm not seeing it right now. Well, going back to John Gibson, we, what we do know about this is the Ducks will definitely be eating some of that salary. Oh, he's yeah. at he's at 6.4 and that's this year oh. and the next three years up to oh. and including the 26-27 season at 6.4. So they're oh. definitely eating that. I just that. thought of something. Maybe part of his plan... Sorry, I keep losing my voice. Maybe part of his plan was to actually purposely wait this long so there's less term. It makes it a little bit easier to trade, maybe. I mean, maybe. I suppose. I mean, it could it could be for sure because you know he, I was about to say before checking uh, cap friendly, I was about to say like you know, geez, maybe they should have done the same thing that they're you know that I'm mentioning about Saros. But I, if yeah. I'm being honest, I, I didn't, I, I hadn't realized that Gibson had that much term left. So yeah, that's a that's to, to me to, swallow, so to me if be. I'm a contending team I'm looking at that and I'm like okay so the starting point is you're eating fifty percent because fifty <laughs> percent you're looking yeah. at a three point two million dollar contract for the next three well including this the rest of this year and three other yeah. years at three point two and a guy who's barely hit nine save percentage and three oh nine goals against this and, year like and don't get me wrong he's not decrepit but he is thirty. 
Like, so right. the end of the contract, he's 33. I mean, you're moving on from that, obviously, at, you know, at that point. Yeah. The and, last time he had a good season, though, would have been 18-19, where he, he ended with 9-17-284. Ever since then, it's nothing but north of three and a, south of 9.05. So, 9.04, sorry. And, and I mean, I love Gibson. He's great, great player. But, it, I mean, he the injuries, be. right? The injuries. That, too. Like, exactly. Like, that's going to hold off some... You know, like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, is a New Jersey interested? Yeah, probably. But... Are, are all these teams are all these teams cautious? Because yeah, they're going to be cautious. I mean, potentially, they're... but New Jersey almost can't afford to be too cautious. But the problem with New Jersey is that there's other goalies out there to to poke at, right? Yeah. So if Gibson's on the table, probably so is Saros. Probably so is our, our a couple other goalies that you know New Jersey would probably prefer to go after, even if it costs them a little bit more. Because Gibson, I don't know, like you said, injuries and just overall play over the last like four or five years just hasn't been there. So that's a bigger question. It's like you're almost trading laterally, you know, like if you go out and get Gibson, mm -hmm. are you not at the same level as you are with Vanacek? At least Vanacek's younger and has less potential of getting injured. Numbers are pretty much the same. Well, that's that's the, I think the big thing for me is like, you know, yeah, he's got a bit of a pedigree to a certain degree there. Like, I, I don't want to you know yeah. put him in an elite category here or anything like that. But I mean, no. the, the reason why he, you know, um, churns up the trade chatter is. You know, there, there have been some, you know, he has shown great flashes yes. over yes. big, you know, decent size uh, sample sizes, yep. if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, His overall I'm, career numbers are actually decent. He's actually had a 911 and 285. Not great, but not terrible. But it's more because of the last one, two, little three, while. four, five. So last little while that seasons. goals against average goes up, right? Yeah, like he had three seasons in a row of over 920 and, and 207, 222, 243. And then right after that, 917, 284. So, you know, a solid chunk of four or five seasons of really good, consistent play. But then it was just, it's been Tank City there, not yeah. just for Gibson. Yeah. It's been the team. So the I bad mean, team in front of them. So, I mean, listen, if you're, if you're part of the fan base out there in Anaheim, Look, strap it, in. It, it, strap in. It's going to be a little bit. You've got some great pieces that are playing on that club right now. Yeah. Lots to get excited about. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I've gone through it the last couple of deadlines here at my Habs. Like, you start getting excited for what's going to happen at the trade deadline. Okay. Yep. Like, let, let, let's let's move out Henrik. Let's move out these guys. You know, like, let, let's get value for these guys. Because, I mean, yeah. look at the Rangers right now. Philip Cheadle is out for the year. Like I'm hearing that, you know, New York's all over Monaghan. Like you, you got to jump on some of these things. Like, you know, it, it's a little, it's, a, it's a fun game of gambling for the GMs too. When it comes to that, right. It's like, okay, when's, when's sure. the time? When's the time? Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. For all, for all when's I know, for that trigger? you know, does Montreal only get a second rounder right now for him, for a guy like Monaghan or true. Do they hold off and did they squeeze somebody for a first yeah. later on? It, could. It, desperation it, 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 it is a crapshoot man and, and it really comes yeah. down to that like marty just said the, the desperation comes into play big time when, when these things go down especially as the closer you get to the uh to the deadline for sure so i mean again if you're an anaheim fan you're looking forward to seeing what the rest of the year holds in regards to your young players and uh and of course what comes up for the trade deadline and, and even more so the draft obviously yeah. but like marty says though guys Buckle in. It's yeah. 
It's getting a little it rough. It should be just like it was last year. It should be fun. The young pieces, the the players should be fun to watch. You do have some exciting players to watch. So at the very least, show up and support those young players. Yeah. They're still going to need your support. You should not, you know, you shouldn't skip the games because, oh, I don't like what man. No, you should lean, like man. what management's doing. It's going to be lean. It's just, but exactly. But, but it's not going to be know. a quick rebuild. It's it, going to, it's going to take a little while <laughs> and it, that's it, okay. And, and it will, but I think they're going to be all the better for it. And, you know, yeah. As, as you know, Gibson seems to be the big kind of elephant in the room, right? When it comes to yeah the, the big move, if you will. So we'll see how that all plays out over the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, ready to jump in my check my fanny? Absolutely. Yeah. But I think first we'll go ahead. I need a little break. What do you, do you need a break? I got to pee on something. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and take a small break. We're going to hear a word from our sponsors, <laughs> DraftKings. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. For all the bragging rights, we've got the San Francisco 49ers coming in at minus 125 and the Kansas City Chiefs coming in at plus 105. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And we are back. Bonjour. Now, now folks, I'm just going to warn you here. Buckle in. You good? <laughs> All right. Check my fanny. It's a short one. You ready? Here we I go. I get some whiplash on this. <laughs> so because of our extended week, we're playing like basically two weeks, week and a half in, in real games, if you will. Uh, there's no news to report because standings haven't Nobody changed. <laughs> so with that being <laughs> oh, said. Oh, that about, too. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with all that being said, but the only thing that I can tell you for sure is yours truly is having a real rough go this week, down 18 points, at least by the, as of this writing, could be could be more for all I know. Um, so, yeah, uh, the apocalypse will hold on to the league lead uh, for at least one more week. So, yeah, bad week for this guy, bad week for the Dragons, but that's okay. That's okay. Second oh, no, good week up. for the Dragons. What are you talking about? I'm losing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just take, take it easy there now. Excellent. And that and, and, and Marty, if, if you if you blinked or you weren't listening, that is check my fanny. 
Moving Whoa, on. That was done. All right. Moving on Thank to you. Beauties and the Beast. <laughs> and uh, you know what, Kate? I'm excited about what I got going on here, so I'm going to jump right in. Oh, oh yeah? Let's oh, do shit. this. Go ahead, then. Let's go. All right. Alex Lyon. Oh, yes. Detroit. Okay. Detroit Red Wings goaltender. 13-6-1, 2.49 goals against average, 9.24 save percentage with two shutouts. Ah. The guy's 8-3-1 in his last 12 games with a 2.55 and 9.23. Mm-hmm. Um, in my eyes, the guy's at least, at the very least, played himself into a 1A, 1B situation with Huso. You and, that's, and that's if Detroit doesn't keep this going because, if I'm not mistaken, they, they also are holding a wild card spot down. I think the second one. Um... Five points up on the Islanders, I believe. Um, so listen, I mean, for me, you got to think that Derek Malone's going to play the hot hand. Like they're they're yeah. in it here, and if I'm being like, I don't think it's a situation like Nashville here. Like these guys are a little on the up here. So if they can kind of get in and get a couple of these playoff games, that that's good stuff. I mean, that that's what these guys are kind of hoping for. You know, maybe, maybe even a little earlier than this for all. Yeah, for all we know, but. And can I just that, say that if Alex Lyon continues to save teams' asses into yeah. the playoffs like he did for Florida and now for Detroit, the fucking kid needs a real contract. Yeah, so man. Screw all like you GMs out there. Like somebody's got to give him something more than a year, right? Like give Enough. Him a, a little bit of respect, please, Jesus. Mr. Lyon. So Alex, so, Alex Lyon, you are my number one beauty this week, buddy. Good spot. Number two, Wyatt Johnson. 49 games played, 14 goals, 18 assists for 32 points. He's a plus two, playing 16-39 a night. Um, This guy's been hot here recently. Nine points in the last 10 games, six in the last five. Uh, A lot of it has to do with him being promoted to that top line with Robertson and Hintz. Sure. Um, That's come come at the cost of my Pavelski, mind you, now on the third line with Ben. Thanks, bud. Yeah. But listen, White Johnson, good for you, buddy. He is uh, centering the second power play unit, uh, which do- which is not devoid of talent, by the way. Duchesne, uh, Harley, who's been on an absolute tear lately. Yeah, and, uh, and Sagan, of course, is on that uh, second As unit. Well, yeah. Um, the kid's on his, on pace for his second twenty goal campaign. Uh, guess how many years he's been in the NHL? Two. Uh, so two. He's kid comes kid comes in, bang bang, twenty goal seasons back to back. I mean, he'd have to I crater belong. here for him to not hit twenty goals this year. There, he hasn't hit it yet, oh, but he's yeah. well on his way. Um, you know what listen. else impressive? Sorry, last year started 82 games. Look like he might actually get another 82 games under his belt this year too. So that's another impressive thing for the kid, 20 years old. That's that says a lot. That's impressive. I mean, and you know what? Like we're gonna go over the Dallas Stars here somewhere down the road, and we're gonna and when and when we do, we're gonna do like a deep dive when it comes to their drafts because holy Jesus H, I know we've talked about. I think it was the 2017 where we keep talking about Robertson. Heiskin in at three. I think Robertson and uh, Ottinger oh, were like yes, later yes, in that. Yes. Well, I, I've checked into it a little bit more here, and there's subsequent years, like 2018, 20, like they've had some really good draft years here over over late, uh, the last little while. We won't get into it today, obviously. We're in Beauties and the Beast, but at some point we will cross that road. Um, Wyatt Johnson, dude, like second beauty for the week, man. Yeah. Ivan Barbashev coming in at number three. Fifty games played, seventeen goals, thirteen assists for thirty points, plus fifteen. Pretty responsible out there in Vegas. Uh, Fifteen twenty nine Tom on ice uh, a night. He as well has been pretty hot of late. Eleven points in his last ten, nine points in his last five games. 
Like, get on him, man. Currently yeah. on a six-game point streak to boot. He's on the second line with Roy and Marcia, so he's on the second power play unit nice as well. Line. Nice um, line. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, streaming options all the time. Like, th- this is prime example. I'm not saying, yeah. you know, Barbashev's the type of guy that's going to kind of come in and out of that waiver wire right throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But, man, when you can get him on that hot streak, though, boom. Absolutely. Get him, yeah. get him in there as quickly as you can. Ivan Barbashev, numero trois in regards to beauties for the week. My beast, a lot of it has to do with his attitude uh, over the last little bit. We're talking about Elvis Mers Lincolns out in Columbus. Listen, dude, I know your situation isn't the greatest and you're not happy, but Jesus Christ, get a fucking handle on it. Like, guy's getting pissed off almost every goal that goes behind him. He's showing all sorts of frustrations. Like, get a, like, like, get a grip Reminds on it. Reminds me of um, uh, Biddington, the way he was acting. Yeah, a little bit. Was for a little while. Like, you know, may, you know, give Binner a call. Say, listen, what'd you do in the offseason, bud? You're fucking even keel now. Yeah. Like, so yeah, anyway, that's true. He is. He is. Seriously. Great pickup by your brother at the start of the year. I hate yep, to fucking absolutely. admit that, but it is. Nah, um, yeah. Guy's been, Ain't the no guy Brock was banished. Nelson, though. <laughs> Fuck. You know what? <laughs> Brock Nelson update coming next week. <laughs> so, I mean, things got so bad for Merz Lincoln's. He was banished from the team for like what felt like about four or five games, whatever it was, there for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Guys, you know, the guys uh, made a trade re- request due to playing time uh, or his lack of number one status, whatever, whatever you want to go off of. Whatever it is. His erratic, yeah. his erratic on ice behavior, like I mentioned, is kind of a little weird that way. Um, he does have another. What complicates things even more, he's got another three years after the 23-24 season at 5.4 million AAV. Ooh, this guy, what now, a terrible contract. I, I'm just, you know, we don't do this too often, but I'm going to go right back to what we talked about earlier when it comes to Nashville, just so I can give you the comparison. Would you rather have Saros for two playoffs at $5 million, uh, nice. or would you rather go out and get Mers Lincolns for three yeah. at 5.4? Like, fuck. Think about it. Columbus, what's going on out there, bud? You just got to get things together, man. Anyway, I mean, his his poor play is obviously hampering his trade value. So this sucks for the player, and it sucks for the organization because Hmm. I doubt you're getting very many phone calls right now for a guy who's got another three years left after this at (laughs) 5.4 and the way he's playing and his attitude. Like, Elvis, I'm going to need you to leave the building. You are my beast for the week, bud. <laughs> Marty, you're up, dude. That's the first time we've ever done that one. That's that's a good one. Um, all right, starting right at the top, my personal listen. A little backstory on this. So, JJ Paterka. Um, so about I want to say was it two years ago? Maybe two years ago. My son and I started getting back into collecting cards. To oh, the to, nice. to the dismay of my wife, but anyway, it's well, that's another story. Um, so we started doing that, and one of the things I bought was a hobby box for the uh, for his rookie year, which was I think I want to say twenty twenty one or twenty one twenty two. I can't I forget which one it was. Anyway, so we bought the hobby box, and I got his rookie card. It's a special one too. It's a canvas. It's it's gorgeous, and it's gone up this year in terms of value because I have it in my heart that this kid's going to be one of the top, if not the top answer in uh in in buffalo and i know tage thompson's still there i know alex tuck is still there but give this kid some time he will get there the talent is there let me just read off what i wrote solid producer at the moment one of the biggest sorry one of the brightest spots for the buffalo sabers in an otherwise underwhelming season 
Already surpassed his career high of 32 points set last year, and he did so in 30 less games. So second-line duties don't really seem to slow him down any. So just keep him rolling. And that's kind of my point with this, that Paterka kind of finds success no matter where he is. It doesn't necessarily matter who he plays with. And that's what, to me, is a telltale sign of a true player. This is this guy is here. He's showing up. Four goals, one assist, five points in his last three games. Overall, this kid... He's dangerous, and, and I have it in my mind that he eventually takes over that left-wing spot, which is currently occupied by one Jeff Skinner, whom I also have on my team. Um, so I think I drop Skinner, and I, pay, and I keep Paterka, and I roll with him because I think the future is bright in Buffalo with him in the mix. He's a big kid. He knows what he's doing with the puck. He's got confidence. He doesn't need an all-star with him to put the puck behind the net. I love him. If you've got him, keep him. It, you're going to go places with him, I promise. Uh, Paterka, uh, listen, I, I do have to give you massive props when it comes to him. Um, I was of the same mindset that you were in regards to him being an up-and-comer. I, I will say that. But you have been on his train from word go, dude. And yeah. I'm on the train, but I'll <laughs> say I'm at the back of the train. Let's put it that way. That's fine. Okay? That's fine. And I don't want too many I, I, people I, I, on I, the train anyway. Well, I, I got to give you props on this one. 34 points in what? 49 games, is it? Like, 49 games, yeah. yeah. Like, He's dude, coming along. It, it, he is coming along. Like, that's, you know, you're yeah. starting to get to like a 60-point area here. Uh, at least that's on exactly pace for anyway. He's on, he's on pace for, I believe, I want to say 64. Hold on, I'll put it up here. He's think, on pace for, no, sorry, he's on pace for 56. Mid, did you not pick him mid-season. up at mid-season? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And late, he was the last pick. Uh, of my of my midseason round, he was the last one, and I I kept hemming and hawing, and I'm like, you know what? I rarely get something that actually falls through, and this kid seems to be falling through. Let me just Dude. let me just bet on myself again. Dude, the guy's on pace for 56 points. More importantly, yeah. 29 goals. He's a goal scorer, but he's a finisher. It's beautiful. Like Jesus guy, 22 yeah. years he's old. Big. How tall five. is he again? I forgot what he's, it was. He's just you a little it? guy. 5'11", 192. Oh, I thought. He, Oh, oh, he's I a little bit of a tank. He's a little bit of a tank. Uh, okay. He's probably got some. Yeah, yeah, he's good. I like 20, him. 30 I like goals, him, bud. Nice. And his rookie, year was, can... his rookie exactly. year was last year. His rookie year was last year, by the way. Twenty two, was... twenty three. Okay, there you go. So, good, good little kid there. Um, next up, Nicholas Roy on that line with your Ivan Babishev. Mm. Why not? A eh? two goals, mm-hmm. six assists, eight points in four games. That line. So, yeah, but man. every single. Year we talk about someone in Vegas stepping up out of the blue, and right now it seems like Nicholas Roy, maybe even Ivan Barbashev might be another one. But Barbashev, I find, always has those those years. Like he's like, oh, he's great, and then I yeah, he's got a bigger oh, sample great, size, right? He's got a bigger sample he does, size. Yeah. Whereas Nicholas Roy, not so much. It seems as though Nicholas Roy is your man right now. Well, on his way to eclipse his career numbers set last year, Roy has enjoyed some consistency with some second line duties, much like Paterka. So keep him rolling as well. So that's the thing. I, I want to say he's actually, I wish I would have pulled up. Why didn't I write down his full stats? Because he is, I know he's on pace for Nick Roy. Um, yeah, Nicholas Roy. I know he's on pace for a career year, but I just want to go over his career again because it was interesting to me because he's been around for a little while. So he came in in, seven, in 2017. 2017, Carolina played one game, then six game, and then he was traded. So Vegas, 10 points in 28. And then 2020, 15 and 50. And then 21, 39 and 78. So he keeps climbing, right? But then last year, didn't play as many games, 65 and had 30 points. But now this year, he is he is on pace for 42 in 66. So he's a kind of guy who that 
can maybe not your best finisher, but can create that kind of space for your other players. Like the line is he's playing right now is Marcia Show and Barshasev. Clearly, they need the room, and that's kind of what he brings for you. He's smart on the ice with the puck and his positioning. So that's kind of what Nicholas Roy brings to the game. And I just like those kinds of pieces, and there's always somebody like this in fucking Vegas that just comes out of the woodworks. You're like, who's this kid who's all of a sudden going to win us two or three games because he's got he's on the right place at the right time. He's got those kinds of smarts. He's got that hockey IQ. I like him. You know what? The thing that stands out to me, responsible player. Aside from the one, aside from in his, in his NHL career, aside from the one game that he played with the Carolina Hurricanes in 1718, he was a minus one in that game. The next year he played six games for Carolina and was a even, even plus minus. Other than that, he's all plus. He's plus 45 for his career, plus 45 for his career in 269 games. Like the reason I mentioned that is like super responsible guy. The guy's exactly. going to chip in with some goals here in the playoffs, and you don't have, you don't have to worry about him getting dummied in regards and to a, shots and be, against. And a, a great thing to sort of piggyback on the, uh, on something like that is that if he's responsible with the puck, it means he's going to get those opportunities because you can trust him. From a coach's perspective, you want something like that on the ice, and that's so he won't think twice. No, you go ahead. You and maybe he'll even get some top six if there's injuries involved or whatever. But he, actually, sorry, he is in a top six role right now. So that's kind of what happens with that when you play well defensively and you play responsibly. But he's got some he's got some abilities too. So don't knock him out in the uh, in the fantasy concept from points perspective. So Nicholas Roy absolutely deserving of being my my second beauty for uh, for the week. Uh, Seth Jarvis, no goals, but four assists in three games. So stumbled last year, leaving many fantasy managers wanting more. So as a result, many managers did not go back to the well. This year, um, and left him available, but overall, Jarvis is two points shy of his career uh, best set in his rookie campaign. So expect him to eclipse that this year um, and look to keep him Sorry, and look to keeping him around this time. So maybe for maybe just last year was kind of his one outlier year, and that's that's basically just what happened because he was always expected to be a really good player, and he was expected to be part of that big core in Carolina. Looks like he may have found some balance out there. So things are starting to make sense for Seth Jarvis, sense for Carolina. It's I find it kind of funny that, and I'm <laughs> this is probably putting too much on him. But as Carolina starts to do better, you start to notice certain players are doing better. And Seth Jarvis is one of those players. As Carolina starts to play better, I notice Seth Jarvis is actually kind of partly responsible for that. So that could just be because, you know, the coaching staff may put a lot on his shoulders and they they do expect him to be part of that success. So they give him those roles and give him those responsibilities in those games. And if he doesn't succeed, then obviously the team's going to take a step back. But if he does succeed, then, this, then the team collectively moves forward. So I think as the team continues to win, you could you wouldn't be surprised to find Seth Jarvis's name up there on the stat sheet every time they do. When it comes to Seth Jarvis, the thing that sticks out for me is he's got a lot of swag. Do you not find like like anytime yeah, he does like anytime he gets interviewed from, uh, by like the like the in <laughs> arena um, reporters and stuff or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. I, I saw kids comfortable. I was I was watching. Yeah. I, you know what? That's <laughs> the best way to say it, Mark. He is comfortable. He yeah. really and there's like this little bit of swagger to him. You know, he's yeah, playing first line with Aho. I'm like. Dude, fuck, calm Thank you very much. Calm down. Who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> you know, when he walks around, he's like, I'm fucking Seth Jarvis. That's who I am, but I'm the fucking guy. So and he's 21. Like, dude, that's that, phenomenal. I know. Man. 21. That, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was kind of what I was trying to get at there. Is it's like, a big deal. This guy kind of, 
like you know 26 27 you know you've been around the league for a little bit yeah here. you can walk around with a little bit of you know a chip on your shoulder so to speak like you know i'm a yeah. vet here but this guy's 20 21 21 and doing that already like you know like i don't i don't know if it's just because he's down there in carolina and you know they just do fucking shit differently down there right with the old maybe surge and the whole bit (laughs) like this guy's just walking around like he's all fucking king shit at third island i'm just like oh shit the other sorry this is important though this is his last year of that contract of his entry right well that's all right though so that no no no, it's okay like you know they're ponying up for that like i would i man they, I would expect I would expect it to be a long contract and the cap hit to be smaller per year, but it'll be a big contract, but which is like probably an eight year, and I don't know if he'll get eight. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you where I'm gonna tell you what his agent's gonna say whenever they sit down. Owen Tippett. Uh, yeah, that's, there that's, you go. Great that's where comparison. we're start. That's where the, that's where we're our that's starting start, point, bud. Sure. That's our so is that eight eight? Is Owen Tippett eight eight? No, is he oh, more? Christ, you know what? I got to bring that Tippett. up, man. Because yeah, hold on, uh, I want to. I want to say it was like eight years, and then over fifty million. I'm pretty sure I saw fifty million something. Forty nine point six. So it's oh, okay. six point two. Yeah. So yeah, that's like and that's yeah. What I was saying. Jar- like, Jarvis is probably looking at seven as a starting point for sure. I yeah. I think at seven, that's where you go. I that's why I was and, like, yeah, I don't know about eight. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say like he's going to be any better production wise or whatever. But the small sample size that you've seen from both Tippett and Jarvis, Jarvis has definitely yeah. got the advantage there. That's the only reason yeah. why I'm kind of pumping him up and dollar. Absolutely, it's taken Tippett too long to get to where Jarvis is, right? Now, so that's kind of the point of that. Now the thing about Tippett though is, yeah, you know, I want to say. You're kind of getting like a, a Brady Kachuk light almost. Like, he, you know, he likes to throw his weight yeah, around a little bit. He can score. Yeah. Uh, has a little bit of those intangibles, right? So, I mean, yeah. and that's why I say like, yeah, maybe I'm giving Jarvis more cash. But at the end of the day, what what, what contract is actually going to end up being a better value? You know what I mean? So, yeah. who knows? Obviously, we're going to see how this all plays out over the next few years. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Seth Jarvis, hell of a player yep. for sure. Another beauty. Um, speaking of a hell of a player, <clears throat> yeah, man, what's going on? Bees. Yeah, Timo Meyer, zero what? goals, one assist in three games. Ooh. What an absolute mess this signing is turning out to be for this year. Mm-hmm. Still lots of time, thanks to the length of the contract, which may or may not be a good thing. But for this year, I think it's safe to say that not so much has gone right for this club as a total as a whole. So it's safe to say drop at this point, and that's what's the danger of doing these kinds of things, right? Like. You know, he came in, and I'll be honest, when he came in, though, like, he didn't necessarily light it all that up either. So it it was a very dangerous contract to sign. It was too much time and too much money on too short a sample size. Too small a sample size, sorry. Now I think it's coming to bite them in the ass. And you know what's funny, though? Didn't, um, I want to say, is it, did he, did Fitzgerald just get, did he just get a new contract, too? Yeah, I think. I think you're right on that. I want to say, yeah, uh, it was, it was, you know, and the thing for me about Meyer, yeah, I hope you don't yeah. mind if I interject a little bit here while you're checking <laughs> something out, Marty. Yeah, but ahead. when it comes to Meyer, right? Like, I, I think what kind of what happened here is okay. They bring him in at the trade deadline. 
you know, last year hoping to add another weapon. It didn't work out, but you know, everybody's going to kind of be cautious with that and not really overreact. Right. Because that happens a lot when you bring in like that True. kind of star player, sometimes it just doesn't work, but you wait till the next year yeah. and things start to kind of, you know, the engine it's starts true. to get going. What yep, I keep, yep. what I keep hearing in regards to the fact that the fit isn't great is yeah. apparently Meyer, obviously a trigger man, right? right. And they, they want, obviously they wanted to play him on that first line with, um, in, in particular, Jack Hughes, but, but right. Hughes is a trigger man too, right? Like I know a lot of us kind of see Hughes as a distributor, but he's like 50, 50, like Hughes yeah. is a trigger guy too here. Go back to his days with the uh, the United States Development Program. Like he, dude, some of the goals, like he was, he was potting goals. He was burying biscuits, man. So, yeah. and, and from what I'm understanding, that's been a little bit of a problem. And then it's not like you can bring him down to Heischer's line because Heischer's a little bit more of that kind of defensive conscience of that whole top six, right? Like he's kind of leading that charge. So, Again, like you said, Marty, there is a lot of time to that contract. Again, depending on who you are, you can look at that in yeah. a negative or positive manner. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, go ahead, Marty. Sorry. No, that no. Like I honestly didn't have much to say other than at this time, <clears throat> that is a bust. I'm surprised New Jersey decided to extend uh, Fitzgerald multi-year extension. I don't know the terms here. I can't seem to find it. Uh, but multi-year extension on the backs of a couple of, like, a couple of bad, con- not a couple of bad contracts, one bad contract and one no decision in, in, in terms of something in nets. Because, again, there's nothing in nets. Like, it's mm-hmm. a big fucking disaster in nets. So those are two strikes. To give the guy an extension, I, I maybe would have waited to the end of the season um, I don't know the, the ins and outs of why they felt they had to sign resign Fitzgerald to a multi-year contract right now, but that's their business. I don't know that I would have done that just yet, just because you it's know, starting to, it's starting to look bad. <laughs> you know, I, listen, I, I, I will say this and I'll, I'll end on this myself. I kind of go back to, uh, the start of the season for us, uh, both in, in terms of the, of the actual hockey uh, but uh, more importantly, our podcast. And we were talking with Neil Villa, uh, via piano. Yeah. And, you know, there was just, you know, they, they, had, they had had an undefeated uh, preseason. Now, listen, I, I get it, guys. Preseason, I get it. Yeah, Still, yeah. you know, with the year they had last year, they beat the Rangers. Um, you know, undefeated preseason. There was so much. They were so on a high. Yeah. So on yeah. a high. And I know Very we touched much. on the goaltending, but I think all three of us kind of agreed. As long as they get that, you know, again, average to above average goaltending, get that kind of yeah. important save here and there. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be the next, the second coming of Hasek. Um, but if you can just get some important saves here and there, these guys are going to yeah. be fine. Wow. Yeah. Like fast forward to fucking end of January. Well, and you know what's funny too is they went to to start the season one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They were on an eight game win streak to to start the season. Like it just so everything eh? was working, yeah. And then they lost two, and then they won two more, and then they lost one, and then one more, three more. So things started to look good early on, and but then the losses started to pile up, and I think the injuries weren't Ooh. helping either. Um, like you know, they're obviously not out of anything it's just it doesn't feel the same as last nope. year 
at all. It, it, it just feels like such a struggle. It just everything's a struggle. Well, the Eastern right now Conference for them. is difficult too because oh, got and that Metro is something fierce, bud. And the Metro, exactly, yeah. So you've got a lot of teams kind of over um, overachieving, similar to what New Jersey did last year. But like Philadelphia, who's now kind of falling back to earth pretty quickly. Uh, Detroit starting to pick things up very quickly. Good luck trying to leapfrog Toronto. Tampa, I, I, in my opinion, they're still going to fall out of it. The main reason why they're in the position they are oh, right now buddy. is just because they played a lot of games. They played the most in the entire league at 50 games, and they got 59 points. Nah, they're putting the, the pressure on those teams behind them, baby. Oh, those it's true. My, those, it's true. Those are but my lightning. the Islanders, who aren't winning either, like... I don't know. Like New Jersey, if anything, right now, strike where the irons iron is hot. New Jersey, get some wins under your belt right now because the teams you need to leapfrog are starting to tumble a little bit. Like your Philadelphia's, not Detroit, uh, but uh, who's uh, the Islanders? Just well, can't I mean, look quite at they're, seem go, to get they're going together. through that switch right now to Roy, right? So yeah, it's gonna be. Hey, so, listen, New Jersey, anyways, just wake the fuck up and let's get it done, bud. They do, they do, yeah. And that's it. that's I, my beauties and the beasts. There you go. Uh, again, she? We, want to, we want to thank uh, the Hockey Podcast Network and, of course, uh, DraftKings as our sponsor. You know, as we as we mentioned over the past baby. few weeks, if uh, you don't mind going to wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a, 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 re- a rate and review uh, if you don't Please mind. Uh, you know, we would sure appreciate that. And uh, be sure to go and check out my uh, my first piece over at the Goldie, Goldie Post. Post, baby. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Have at it. That's that, and that's episode and eighteen, is. I think. I think 18. we just did that. Bits. That is done. Over and done. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at tugalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.